With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And I wanted to dig in on Elijah Moore. And I knew one person that I needed to talk to right away was my friend Jamie Arrington, who's the host of the To The Top Talk podcast, because he's a Southern Miss guy. So I knew that even though he's not into Ole Miss, he would be able to direct me to somebody that is into Ole Miss and that does cover Ole Miss. And that's exactly what happened, because I reached out to Jamie and I said, Jamie, I need somebody who covers Ole Miss said, I know the exact guy for you. Let me get him for you. And so here he is, Michael Borky, the afternoon drive host at Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael, thank you so much for coming on, man. Man, it's uh, great to have you. And I'll tell you what, I have never done a radio hit or podcast hit with anybody from New York City. And to be fully transparent with you, I've been to New York once in my life and I was in eighth grade. It was May and it snowed. So I didn't exactly <laughs> fall in love with the city that I'm going to, my, my wife's obsessed with the place. So we're going to go back eventually and I can get a better, uh, better feel of the place. It was a school field trip, if you can believe it. But uh, I left there very unhappy because a uh, <laughs> Southern boy like me had nothing but shorts and a t-shirt the whole time <laughs> and there's snow on the ground. But uh, I, I remember being awestruck at the sheer, because uh, we don't have buildings like that here at all, let alone by the thousands everywhere you look. So mm-hmm. I remember being awestruck by the place, but I need to make sure I get back to actually see it for what it's worth. Well, when you come out here, like I was telling you before we started recording, I'll hook you up with the best pizza places that you'll ever find. Trust me on that. There are a lot of things you could complain about with the New York, New Jersey area, but we got the best pizza on lockdown. So you come here, I'll hook you up with that. And then when I head out to Mississippi at some point, you and Jamie are going to have to be my tour guides and tell me where to go. 
Or if you just want to make it down to New Orleans, uh, you, you could sure. probably have more fun. <laughs> that sounds good to me. I haven't been to New Orleans ever, so that would be a first. And it does sound like a fun place from everybody that I've talked to. Almost went there a couple of years ago on a trip to WrestleMania, but decided against it at the last minute. But somebody that has been in that region for quite a while, the last three years, is Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. It's an interesting story how he even ended up at Ole Miss because he wasn't supposed to. He went to high school in Florida. He had 33 teams recruiting him. You would have thought maybe he'd have stayed in state. He committed to Georgia initially, and then he ended up at Ole Miss. What happened in between him committing to Georgia originally and then him finding his way to Ole Miss? So the story, at least as I understand it, is that Georgia liked a few guys better. And what happens in college recruiting so often is a coach won't cut a player like from their class, but they'll say they, they, they will encourage them to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was really late in the process. And as I understand it, I could be wrong, but as I understand it, he was kind of encouraged to look somewhere else. And he did and wound up uh, in Oxford. I, I, do, I don't believe that uh, Ole Miss was his first choice initially. It ended up working out for him okay. But um, it, at least based on the people that I've talked to, uh, Georgia kind of screwed up there uh, by valuing some other wide receivers over him. And I, I don't even remember who those guys were in that class, but I can tell you they weren't picked in the very early part of the second round in this year's draft, and they didn't catch 1,300 yards worth of passes in eight games last year. So uh, it ended up working out for him, and uh, not so much for Georgia, but that's kind of the story of Kirby Smart right now. They're winning games, just not the right ones, and maybe if they had a guy like him, they would have. Certainly would have helped. Nobody would ever tell you that a team would be hurt by having a player as dynamic as Elijah Moore, who was really good even in his freshman year. He didn't put up eye-popping numbers, but I'm assuming, Michael, that even in his freshman year when he wasn't the featured guy, that's when he had A.J. Brown down there, you still could see why a lot of people believed he was a special talent. For sure. And he was dealt a really bad, I say really bad hand, um, He had to go, in his three years at Ole Miss, he had three different offensive schemes that were all very different from each other. So in 2018, Phil Longo was his offensive coordinator. He's now in North Carolina. And it was a a very true air raid concept where uh, Longo didn't even have a play sheet. In fact, he he had nothing. He memorized his plays. He said there was about 23 different play concepts. Uh, Of course, it's more intricate than that. It, It was, you know, reading defensive backs and stuff like that. But they had 23 different calls they would make. That was the offense. And then in 2019, uh, so Phil Longo moves on. Matt Luke, the head football coach at Ole Miss that should not have been the head football coach at Ole Miss, brings in Rich Rodriguez, who decides to run what he ran in 2005 at West Virginia. So they couldn't decide who they wanted the quarterback to be. It was between two guys, Matt Corral, who was Elijah's quarterback this past season, or John Rice Plumley, who was an extremely good athlete, should not have been playing quarterback in the SEC, And him catching almost 900 yards worth of passes in that scheme is almost more impressive than catching 1,200 yards worth of passes this past season. It was archaic. It didn't make any sense. He had a quarterback that couldn't really throw the football very well, throwing him the football in 2019, and the team itself wasn't very good anyway. It felt like for most of 2019, it was – run left, run right, roll out right, throw an incomplete pass in the dirt, punt the football. I mean, it was the most frustrating offense you've ever seen because 
if you can believe it, running the same concepts from 2005 at West Virginia in the SEC doesn't work very well. I know that's surprising, uh, but it didn't. And then I'm sure we'll get to it. The end of 2019 and his last game that season and the mm-hmm. touchdown celebration and mm-hmm. that coach gets fired. And then in comes Lane Kiffin, which is, was great for him because he finally had a coach that really unlocked his skill set, made him a focal point of the offense, and he exploded in just eight games last year. So he had three different offensive coordinators, three very different offensive schemes, and then, of course, that self-inflicted hiccup there in the middle in 2019. Uh, so weird college career for, for him with the different schemes and all that, uh, but as we'll talk about, I'm sure, um, he's a high-character kid and never complained once. There was never any stories about him wanting out or being an issue and – He just put his head down and went to work, and it worked out for him. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Michael, tell me a little bit more about his character. You said he's a high-character kid, hard worker, keeps his head down, doesn't make waves. What do you know about him as a person? Do you remember... You may not, because I know you NFL guys are really locked into the NFL, obviously, and us college football guys are the exact opposite. Do you remember what happened in his last game in 2019? I sure do. The Egg Bowl incident. So, yeah, you saw the the pictures, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for If you have listeners that don't know, so in, two, in 2019, um, Ole Miss is playing at Mississippi State. It's their biggest rival, as you can imagine. In the Egg Bowl, they're 4-7. and seven. They're not going to a bowl game, so this was just like – you know, beat your rival, and this is the last game of the year, the most important game of the year. The fan base is starting to turn on the head coach, who never should have been the head coach anyway. And Ole Miss scores a touchdown late in the fourth with just a few seconds left. And Elijah Moore does the DK Metcalf lift, get down on all fours and lift your leg and fake pee like a dog celebration. He gets 15 yards. They back, they're awful. I mean, one of the worst field goal kickers in college football back to the 35 to kick the game-tying extra point. He misses because, of course, he does. They lose the game. A few days after that, his coach got fired. 
And although the fan base was kind of ready for him to go anyway, I am told by multiple people that that losing that game in the way they lost that game was the straw that broke the camel's back. That even I've been told that in the headsets after he did it, one of the coaches said out loud, that SOB just got us fired. Wow. Like they knew after he, he did that, that it was over for them. It might have been over for them anyway, but losing in that manner uh, cost Matt Luke and his entire staff, with the exception of one holdover, their jobs. And that image of him doing that celebration was everywhere. He was the laughing stock of college football. I mean, it was everywhere. It was national news. It was all over the place. Elijah Moore, he was synonymous with doing the fake dog pee celebration that cost his team a win over their rival, or at least a chance to play in overtime, but everybody blames him for that loss. And I have had a lot of people ask me if that is why NFL teams passed on him even, which always cracks me up because that's encouraged in the NFL. Like they (laughs) want that to happen. Uh, So no, but there are people that think that that action is an indication of bad character. And that couldn't be further from the truth at all. I mean, he's human, just like everybody else. He made a really dumb mistake on a football field. And instead of transferring, which I on the radio encouraged him to, because Ole Miss was a dumpster fire. He was going to have his third offensive scheme in three years, and you don't know who it's going to be. He just got his coach fired. He's probably, he can't get on social media anymore. He's probably having a hard time looking his teammates in the face the transfer portal is just really popular now and kids are leaving. And I wouldn't have blamed him at all for picking up and going. I mean, he did something stupid. He's the laughing stock of college football. He got his coach fired and he didn't do any of that. He, like I said, he put his head down and he just went back to work. That's all he did. Um, he didn't do much on social media. He didn't talk to anybody. He never got in trouble. So it was just a touchdown celebration. He was never trouble anyway, but all he did was put his head down, go to work, The athletic director, Keith Carter, hires a perfect fit for him, as it turns out, in Lane Kiffin, and he explodes. And all I've heard and all I've experienced with him is just high-character kid that has his teammates' full respect, including older guys than him that have already made it in the NFL, uh, respect him like an older brother even. Um, He's a high-quality kid. And there aren't many people that I imagine in NFL circles that think that he did a touchdown celebration, therefore he's a bad kid. But you'd be surprised how many people think that around here, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, hard worker, uh, elite athlete, but a really good dude who did one dumb thing that made him national news. But that that's not an indicator of who he is at all. He's a great kid and uh, just so happens to also be a supreme athlete on top of it. So I don't think his former coach from 2019 is going to be sending him any Christmas cards. It sounds like there's probably some animosity there based on what happened. And I'm sure there are some fans that, as you said, still see him that way. But it sounds like that incident didn't do much to hurt his reputation with the people in the higher up positions at Ole Miss and with his teammates, right? Oh, yeah, it did nothing. In fact, um, when Lane Kiffin took the job, that was the first player meeting he had, and he made sure to, to get to him first because he saw such potential in the player, and they kind of related to each other, although it's it's different because Elijah's only thing is a touchdown celebration. That's it. Lane Kiffin has a little bit of a different path, but they seem to be drawn towards each other because 
you know, they are guys that people make memes out of. But they also are guys that are really good at what they do when you look at it. And uh, so Kiffin was drawn to Hiffin right away, but I'm sure most Jets fans have seen the video by now of A.J. Brown crying, Mm -hmm. uh, talking to Elijah after he was selected. That's an older receiver. So Elijah was under A.J. Brown at Ole Miss, played behind him. And that was A.J. Brown's reaction, talking to Elijah Moore. That tells you all you need to know. Guys that are older than him, more experienced than him, have played multiple years in the NFL at a really high level. That is what Elijah Moore is to his teammates. He is respected by everybody. And um, no, that, that, that celebration thing that everybody knows him by, that, that is not at all how his teammates or coaches view him at all. I want to dig in a little bit more on his relationship with A.J. Brown. David Beauclair, who covers the Titans for Sports Illustrated, told me, as far as he was aware, A.J. Brown behind the scenes was sort of politicking to get Elijah Moore to the Titans, and there was some buzz that Moore might have been the pick at number 22. They ended up going with Caleb Farley instead. They obviously have a very special relationship because, as you said, there's that video of him with that very emotional reaction when Elijah Moore was picked at number 34 by the Jets. They only spent one year together at Ole Miss, but clearly Elijah Moore made a huge impression on him. Yeah, he did. And uh, it's a shame. uh, Jets fans aren't going to like this. It's a shame that Tennessee didn't see what a lot of people saw. And they would have been a perfect fit together in the same offense because they're, they're different receivers. Uh, A.J. Brown's obviously a little bit bigger. He's not exactly a tall receiver. He's six foot even, uh, but he is bigger than Elijah and has that more physical game where Elijah's more of a shifty kind of burner type, and they would have been a great complement to each other in that offense. So it's a shame that uh, that they didn't get to uh, to play with each other because, as you said before we were recording as well, A.J. wasn't just on Twitter. Uh, asking the Titans to draft him. Like, he he was trying to get Elijah back on his team. They would have worked together on the football field, but their personalities mesh so well. And th- there's a culture in that receiver room at Ole Miss, or at least there was when A.J. and D.K. were there. Um, and, and they got that from Laquan Treadwell, who unfortunately didn't really have the NFL career that a lot of people hoped. But there's this kind of it sounds cheesy, like a brotherhood that is built in that for some reason. And now they all have chips on their shoulders because this is the third Ole Miss receiver in just a few years that has been passed up in the first round that should have been taken in the first round. So they've all got these chips on their shoulders, and there's this weird – not weird. It's a, um, a unique bond within this position group that I have not seen. I mean, I've been covering college football professionally now for – Uh, seven years. Uh, So since I graduated college, I jumped right into it. And I haven't seen it like this at other schools that I've covered or been a part of. It's really unique, especially with those two. Uh, They feel like actual brothers, and you saw the emotion uh, with AJ. Uh, That's real. That's not manufactured for social media. That's real. And beyond that, it seems like Elijah Moore has the respect of his peers, not just in the locker room at Ole Miss, but all the way across the SEC. Odell Beckham on Twitter saying that teams were sleeping on Elijah Moore. Beckham, of course, went to LSU, another SEC school. And that seemed to be the general consensus. What can you tell me as a college football guy about other players and other teams and other coaches in the SEC and what they think and have said 
about Elijah Moore. It's it's a consensus. It's really hard to fathom what he was able to do last year in just eight games. So he did uh, opt out for the uh, the last game of the season. So Ole Miss had to miss a game because of COVID against Texas A&M. So it was a 10-game SEC-only schedule. The NM game got canceled. He opted out of the LSU game, which was their last one of the year to get ready for the draft, and then didn't play in their bowl game. Um, but what he was able to do in eight games um, is hard to fathom because uh, while I think Ole Miss has some other talented receivers, like a guy named Ontario Drummond, I think will get a shot in the NFL after this coming season. Braylon Sanders might get a shot. But these are just kind of like fringe maybe mid-late-round guys, UDFAs, that kind of stuff. Uh, Ole Miss went into every game this season, we're going to beat you with Elijah Moore, was their mentality. Mm -hmm. And they still couldn't stop him. Uh, J.C. Horn at South Carolina, first-round pick, couldn't stop Elijah Moore. He had 143 yards against Alabama, who has the secondary that every player will be playing in the NFL. Florida is filled with NFL players. He had 230 yards receiving against Florida – he was Ole Miss's offense, and yes, Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy's scheme is creative and very good and catered to getting their best player of the football, but the fact that an SEC-only schedule every week knew that, okay, this team is going to try to get him the football, make somebody else beat us because we're not sure they can, and they still couldn't stop it. So, I mean, no wonder you're getting this kind of respect from anybody that's covered or followed or watched SEC football because what he did almost weekly, the Auburn game, um, Ole Miss was awful offensively that day. They just couldn't get him the football, even if it, it was that was just one of those games where they were shuffling quarterbacks and it, it was just one of those days. But for seven of the eight games, Ole Miss was getting the football to Elijah Moore the defense knew that Ole Miss was getting the football to Elijah Moore, and it did not matter. He was still getting open, still making plays, and nobody could stop him. NFL players, J.C. Horn, full NFL defense is Alabama. Florida's got one, too. Didn't matter. If you had to compare him and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, obviously all three very different kinds of receivers, what would you say about the three of them? Does Elijah Moore stack up with the other two in terms of NFL stardom potential, do you think? So, yeah, you, you nailed it. They are very, very different receivers. So, DK's obviously a physical freak. And at that size, the straight line speed is, is just stupid. Um, AJ Brown's a little bit different. He's more physical. Um, Elijah Moore, it, it's almost like the bars on your cell phone. It's DK with size, and then AJ in the middle, and then Elijah. I mean, there's no way around it. He is five foot nine. Um, he can be if he's used correctly. So at that size, you know, he's not going to be able to play like DK where he just runs straight and can out jump defensive backs. But he's a guy that runs as crisp of routes as I've ever seen covering college football. Uh, I mean, he's right up there as far as route running with Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Obviously, those guys have physical tools that are a little bit better than his as far as length and stuff like that. But if you want to talk about route running, he is on that level. And the hands are what's most impressive about him. So Pro Football Focus had him ranked number one in basically every catching category, and that's not by mistake. He does not drop the football at all. And he's great in space. After the catch, even though he's a little guy, so he's not going to be physical after the catch, but his awareness to avoid big hits – 
and make people miss in space is remarkable. So he's different from the other two, but if he's used correctly, he can be just as effective as because he's got elite level speed, route running, change of direction, and hands. He's got all of that. The size is a question. Maybe that's why he fell, but there are small guys doing it in the NFL right now. As long as they're used correctly, he's got the skill set to be as elite as those two guys. Elijah Moore is from Florida. He played his college ball at Ole Miss. He's coming to New York now. Very different culture. Very <laughs> different all the way around. The spotlight uh-huh. shines brightest here. The media is ferocious, tenacious. How do you think he's going to fit here? Do you think he'll be okay in New York? I think he'll be okay. What frustrates me sometimes about the, the way college football teams are going is I think they do their players a disservice. Uh I don't know if you've noticed this. So, so the NFL, they give access to everybody. Every coach is always giving a press conference. Every play, I mean, you, you guys have access to these guys, and you can really talk to them and, and stuff like that. College programs lately are going more and more towards, like, really controlling the message and kind of shielding the players from the media. And I think it's awful because you don't let them get the practice that they need for when they go to these big markets, and you've got – five local TV stations and a dozen reporters who will ask you real questions and are actually reporting instead of being fans that, that have a blog. You know what I mean? It's different. And college programs are not preparing kids for this anymore. I think he'll be fine though. He's, I mean, he was a higher profile recruit, so he's been doing interviews since he was 16. He is a little low key. He's pretty humble, Um, but he's got a good smile and he answers questions thoughtfully um, it might take him a little while to get comfortable and acclimated, though, because last year it was a COVID year, so the media couldn't even see him face-to-face anyway, and college programs are shielding these guys from the media some. I think he'll handle it well, but don't be surprised if he's a little uncomfortable at first because college football teams are not getting these kids ready for that kind of media anymore, and it's a shame. He'll handle it fine. He's a smart kid, and a, he's got a good smile. He's engaging. He's, he's very bright. Uh, but there might be an adjustment there because they don't get to talk to the media anymore. He dealt with scrutiny. I, I mean, I, I know it's college football is different than the NFL, obviously, but but that touchdown celebration that cost his team a game, I don't know how much worse it can get than what he dealt with after that game in, in 19. The memes in the, I mean, on Sports Center and ESPN and the SEC Network and every radio show, mine included, for days, and, and he was just inundated with it. And apparently never got frustrated, uh, had the wherewithal to not get on social media at all. Like he, he, he handled that about as well as you could, all things considered. So although it's just one thing and it's not the NFL, at least he's kind of been through a situation where he was getting criticized at every corner and seemingly came out the other side pretty well. Absolutely. And if anybody would be able to help him with media training, you would think it would be Lane Kiffin. He's become a pro at it. I got to be honest with you. He's one of my favorite coaches in the country just because of how entertaining he is. Anytime he does a radio or a television spot, if anyone could coach him up on how to handle media coverage, it would be Lane Kiffin, I would think. We dug in a little bit before about the respect he has in the locker room and what most of the coaches think of him and how he blossomed under Lane Kiffin. Tell me more about the relationship that was developed with Kiffin and his coaches in the one year that they were together. Uh, they, they just they seem to have 
And part of it is because, I mean, Elijah was their best player last year, so I'm sure they really liked each other because Lane was getting him the football, but it's deeper than that. Uh, like I told you before, the, he was the first player that he stuck out to have that that first coach-player meeting, but that was like a weekly thing with the two of them. And every week they schemed different ways to get him the football. That was the beauty of Lane Kiffin's scheme last year. And, I mean – he had that deal in Oakland all those years ago and left Tennessee and, and had all that stuff, but buried in all of his drama and the Joey Freshwater stuff and the Twitter and all that is a proven offensive mastermind. And every single week they had something new that you hadn't seen the week prior or all season long specifically geared towards Elijah. And that was, as I'm told, something that, only came from trust because for example in the South Carolina game if you look at his game logs you can see that he ran the football against South Carolina he didn't do that really for the rest of the year and it was something that they just decided in game week hey South Carolina doesn't do a very good job uh filling run gaps and you're probably our best zero to 60 guy so let's give you the football out of the backfield and see if they can stop it and they couldn't but that's not something he's ever done really in his career it's never, I mean, he's not a running back. And they practiced it once or twice, and Lane throws him out there in the game because there was such a trust between the two of them that he could throw him for, I guess, loops or unique assignments or new things on a week to week basis, new routes, new calls. And he absorbed it and executed it to perfection on a weekly basis. And that came from such a trust between the two of them. And it's almost like they spoke the same language because they were able to do that every week, and Elijah got it every single week. I want to talk a little bit more about what we discussed earlier with his teammates in the locker room. A.J. Brown, obviously very close with him. He only spent one year with Kenny Yaboa, the tight end who transferred in from Temple. And I want to talk about him a little bit because the Jets signed him as an undrafted free agent. I noticed that Yaboa, in the days and weeks leading up to the draft, was constantly tweeting out praise of Elijah Moore, which is something that's very telling to me because if they didn't get along in the one year that he was there, he wouldn't be constantly trying to praise him and pump up his stock and tell people nice things about him. He must have made a big impression on him in the one year they were together the same way that he did with A.J. Brown. Yeah, and, and uh, Ole Miss is going to have to rely on some, uh, some young receivers to fill some spaces and play this year. And I promise you when their day comes, they'll be on the phone with him as well. It's that brotherhood thing that I talked about before. It sounds kind of cheesy because every football team talks about it, but they are about it. I mean, Yuboa came in and he opted out early as well. So he only played, I think, seven games with the team. Mm -hmm. And something about the culture and the the character. So we started talking about the the leg lift thing in the the character questions. I think what you said, the public support, and it's real. That's not just trying to get retweets and likes on Twitter. Like that's a real relationship that they have. I think that tells you all you need to know about his character. That guy's come in for one year or he's with the guy for one year and that's the kind of respect that they've gained from him or for him in such a short time. And in part, it's because of his work ethic. So he's five foot nine. Um, he's, all, even while he was getting all these offers in high school, he was told that he was too short. Georgia looked elsewhere for more bigger bodied receivers. 
He goes to Ole Miss, blows it up, and still can't get picked in the first round, maybe in part because of his size. He he has always had this chip on his shoulder, and instead of using that to be arrogant or cocky, he just uses it to motivate himself. So it's the work that he puts in is so obvious to these guys, and they want to emulate that. Uh, Jonathan Mingo is a, a wide receiver whose name may or may not be relevant to NFL people eventually, but he's got that kind of skill set. He could be. Anyway, he's a wide receiver at Ole Miss, and he mentions when I came, I saw the way he worked, and I want to work like that. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about, not just leading by you know, being a vocal guy and, and an encourager and a veteran leader and all that this past season, but he led by example because he's always been – undersized, overlooked. He fell in the draft. He was told to look elsewhere in recruiting, and he just puts his head down and goes to work. And guys notice that, and they respond to it. Let's dig in a little bit more on Kenny Eboa. It sounds like Ole Miss has Matt Rule to thank for him transferring there because he was going to transfer to Baylor before Matt Rule left for the NFL. Yeah, um, Eboa can be, he can be, a guy that makes an NFL roster and contributes in the NFL. My biggest problem with him this past season was not that he's not athletic enough because he is. Not that he's not a good pass catcher because he is. Although he had a couple bad drops last year in, in key moments. But he can catch the football. He can run routes. He can catch the ball. He's a big-bodied guy. Um, could probably stand to put on some weight. But he's big enough. It's the complete lack of desire to play physical. And... That was so when he opted out, I was kind of surprised because I thought that he needed more chances to show that he could be an NFL tight end. Um, at some point, maybe you're just sick of playing college football because he's been in college since 2016. So maybe you're just done with being in college. And you want to move on to the next step. But um, he showed nothing but potential. And that's all he showed um, was not a willing blocker. Uh, was not physical enough. And if you're going to play tight end in the NFL, you don't have to be perfect, but you've got to be physical or else you're not making a roster. And it, it's kind of disappointing because you can see when you watch some of his games how much potential there is. That there can be like the next Evan Ingram, who was an early round pick, first round pick for the Giants, came from Ole Miss, similar body type, similar ability in the past game, but Ingram was more physical and more willing to be physical. Yeboah's not that, or, or at least wasn't. And then got hurt in his pro day. So he couldn't even show off his measurables because he pulled his hamstring uh, running the 40 in his pro day. Okay, so he benched and didn't put up a good number and then pulled a hammy and couldn't work out in his pro day. Uh, so the potential's there of having a guy that can make your roster and can help your team. But if he's going to not have the desire to, to be physical and, and block like a tight end should, then he'll be a training camp cut and um, be looking elsewhere for a home. But the, the potential's there. It's funny you say that because I was reading an article where he talked about how when he was recruited out of high school, Matt Rule came to him when he was at Temple and said, you're a wide receiver right now, but I think if you put on some weight, you could be a really good tight end because of your athleticism. We'll teach you how to block. And he said at the time he didn't really know how to block, but once he got to Temple and Rule and those guys worked with him, it became one of his favorite things to do. But then at Ole Miss, as you're saying, he didn't really get as physical as he was known for being a Temple. So that's strange, right? Yeah, I'm not a scout, um, but that's not what I saw. 
mm-hmm. um, just did not look like he was a willing blocker, at least not to where you see NFL. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good college players that n- that never get a shot in the NFL. Um, you see a guy that should, but I don't know. I, I mean, maybe, maybe it's there and maybe I don't see it, but I think that that is the reason why he went undrafted and signed a free agent deal instead of getting picked because the raw ability, the talent is somebody worth drafting, but the tape tells you otherwise, at least in, in the physical side of football. But route running, catching passes, oh, he's got it. That's there. It's the other stuff that I thought he was really lacking. And um, if he likes it, maybe he can prove it. But that's not that's not at all what I saw. I know he wasn't there for that long, but he does come across to me as somebody with a more outgoing personality than Elijah Moore. Like you said, not that Elijah Moore is standoffish, but he's not that outspoken, whereas Yeboah, I know, in the lead-up to the draft, was doing a million interviews and seemed to be fairly animated. Is that the impression that you got when he was there? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a funny guy. I Actually, I really enjoyed uh, hearing from him whenever they would actually uh, let that happen. Um, he seems like a good dude, and uh, like I said, I, I think he would have benefited from another year in college, but maybe he was just sick of it. But as far as like dealing with the media and stuff like that and uh, being around in the locker room, he seemed to have acclimated right away. I mean, transfers are becoming more and more common in college football, so maybe it's not as um, difficult as it used to be to step in and start right away over guys that had been in the program for a little while, too. It's not like he was the only tight end on roster. I mean, there were other guys there. He comes in as a transfer and is immediately the starter without question. And that wasn't an issue at all. And the team seems to really love the guy. So he acclimated right away. Uh, he's pretty engaging and funny and, and seems like a nice guy. And uh, as far as dealing with media and, and acclimating to a new roster and stuff like that, that's not a concern at all. I also am not concerned about how he'll acclimate to the East Coast because even though he's from a small town in Rhode Island, I'm sure it'll be nice for him to be a little bit closer to family. So looking forward to watching Elijah Moore. He could be the superstar, dynamic playmaker that they've been needing on this offense for a really long time. And with Yeboah, we'll see. Maybe he makes the roster, maybe he doesn't. My joke is, Michael, that the Jets have six tight ends right now. None of them are any good. So he'll have plenty of opportunity to earn himself a roster spot and perhaps playing time if he's willing to do what you just said he wasn't all that willing to do at all Miss, get a little bit more physical. Michael Borky, afternoon host at Sports Talk Mississippi. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Great insight on both Elijah Moore and Kenny Yeboa. For those that want to check out what you're doing, give you a follow on social media, listen to your show, how can they do all that? Yeah, really creative here. My Twitter handle is at Michael Borky. So I really thought that one through and uh, I'm really creative there. But uh, yeah, that's where I I share all my stuff on there. I do like a morning live stream and stuff. If you guys feel like hearing about Mississippi sports, well, I've got you covered for sure. But um, no, you guys, you got an absolute steal uh, in Elijah Moore. I, I am, I'm disappointed the Saints didn't pick him just as a homer pick for my heart. I wish he would have been in New Orleans, but um you guys got a great one. He's a great kid. Um, just just does well. Does everything right. Just works hard. And obviously, he's a great player. I, I read a couple of draft. I forgot to drop this in here somewhere. Um, I read a couple of draft profiles on him that I swear were made up because one of them said that 
uh, one of his negatives was his hands, which is laughable. And the other one was route running. He said he was a really raw route runner. Those people must not have watched tape because elite level route runner, great hands, doesn't drop passes at all. Uh, shifty, everything, great in space, avoids hits. He's a great player, great kid. Uh, I hope you guys are as pumped uh, to have him as I am for him to get his shot. So great dude, and and I just hope he kills it. To your point, by the way, Michael, there was a stat that PFF had, which is that Elijah Moore caught 97% of catchable targets, number one in the country. So clearly hands, not a problem for Elijah Moore. And as far as a lot of these scouting reports online, I always joke, there's a lot of groupthink there. Somebody will post something like that and then everybody else runs with it. They never actually watch the player play. They just copy and paste. So there's a lot of that in what I think is a cottage industry sometimes. You know that there are a handful of people whose opinions you can trust, but you should ultimately always watch the tape for yourself. And to that point, we've got a fantastic cut-up of Elijah Moore right now on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. From the All-22 film, Luke Grant has it just showing you exactly what Michael was talking about, how dynamic Elijah Moore is in so many different ways. So go ahead and check that out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. By the way, Luke's video on Kendrick Green blew up like crazy. We have 10,000 views on that. And at first I wondered, why are all these Jets fans checking out a video of a player that the Jets didn't draft? And then I realized they're not. It's all Steelers fans who are coming in to check out the Kendrick Green video. And every single comment in there is about the Steelers. But we've got a ton of really good videos in there from draft prospects to guys that the Jets just got like Elijah Moore. We're going to have so much more on there as well, including Kayla Pace's commentaries, Pace's playbook. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.